Welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. It's your girl, Jess Bergio. I created this show as a way to connect deeper with each of you, to remind you you are not alone, that you were made for the hard shit. As creatives, entrepreneurs, moms, CEOs, we are magic and each of us has a unique gift and purpose to share. I hope you feel encouragement, support, connections, and real, raw, authentic moments as you tune in. Life is not meant to be perfect, so stop and remind yourself that you can find happiness in the day-to-day while building the life of your dreams. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, and if you'd like to get weekly words of encouragement, text me the word FRIDAY to 619-332-3045. Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. It's your girl, Jess Bergio, with some really good tips for you today on how to pay attention to your money, pay attention to debt, pay attention to the things that are important, like retirement, all of the things that seem to sort of be things we don't like to talk about, but they are a necessity in this business, right? They are something that we can't not pay attention to. So Donna is here today. She is an expert at helping others become organized and profitable. Can we get a hell Yeah. One of her gifts is the ability to establish organization and streamline money processes. She implements this organization and process with her clients to set solid foundations, systems, and structure, which engage not only the client, but also their teams. So if you have a salon, if you're an independent, if you're looking to grow a salon, um, if you work with other people who this information would be valuable, send this along to them. Obviously, take take some notes as you're listening today because I feel like this is going to be jam-packed with value. So Donna, welcome to the Thanks show. Thanks for having me, Jessica. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been some time coming. We've been in touch on Instagram and I'm like, I was telling her before we hit the official record that this season seems to be where I start to pay attention more to money for whatever reason. It's, it's the busy holiday season. It's probably because you're in that spending mode that you're noticing like what's going out versus coming in. And I know everyone in the industry gets overwhelmed with clients trying to get in and they're busy. So for me personally, I struggled probably the first 10 years in my career with not paying attention to my numbers and not having things kind of set up in the sense that um, taxes and savings and retirement. Like none of that was talked to me, A, obviously in beauty school, but I didn't really grow up with my mom having that awareness. I think she did it for herself, but it wasn't something that she taught me. So do you find that to be true with a lot of people in our industry that they just don't have that back education around what they should be doing? Yeah, they don't have the learned skill set already. We didn't learn it from our families. Most of us didn't learn it from our household from growing up. So it's, it's like fight or flight. Right. And, you know, just like you said, it took you about 10 years to get into it. I think it took me eight. And then I was like, something's not working. This is not going to work for me long term. Right. So this is when I started actually just shifting the way that I did business for myself. And but yeah, I I would love for everybody to teach their kids this this information. It's so important. It really is. And I wonder, I mean, I think obviously we're becoming more and more of a society that shares and teaches things per social media. Like a lot of things before, we'll just give for example, like formulas and haircuts. And a lot of that wasn't shared. People didn't want to share their secrets and people didn't necessarily want to share how they were getting wealthy either. And I think now it's like everybody wants to help everybody, which is wonderful. And there's so much information out there, but sometimes I think it can get confusing or overwhelming for people that they just avoid it Mm -hmm. altogether. So what are some things I know now that you've got a handle of yours, right? You're now teaching that to so many people in the industry. Tell us a little bit about your backstory in the industry, how you got into it, and then how you ended up doing what you're doing now. Okay. So I got in when I was 15 and right away, I love the business wow. side of the business. 
I do like being a hairdresser. It's like my art. It's your freedom. But I really, really enjoy the mentorship, the leadership, the education, everything that our industry has to offer. So I really kind of went in that direction. So when I got into the money thing, it was, I think I was about maybe five years into my business and it was my second salon. I had a small salon, upgraded, got the the bigger salon with the spa, with the boutique, with everything in it. And I was paying everybody to do everything, you know, because you're so busy and your salon is so big that you're paying, you're just paying everybody to do everything, meaning like handymen from cleaners, from organizers, you're just paying everybody. And at one point I was like, this is the most my salon has ever done financially. And I'm taking home the least amount of money. Like what is wrong with this picture? Everybody else is taken care of that's involved in the salon, except for myself. And I said, no, this is not okay. So I self-taught, learned how to use Excel at that time and got rid of my bookkeeper, who was a very close friend. And I said, listen, I'm never going to get this if I keep you on board. I have to figure this out on my own. And uh, I learned Excel and started putting in numbers the way that I knew that I needed to see them instead of them disappearing into a QuickBooks that you never got to see again because every rule was already made and you didn't go through it with like this fine tooth comb. And it's just progressed from there. So I sold my salon five years ago and this is what I do full time. I've been doing it for 11 years, but wow, this is how I spend all my energy. Did you notice too, when you were you know, in salon ownership and you had people working for you, that this was something that a lot of people struggle with too, even on their smaller scale of just <clears throat> doing client-based work, not just owning a salon, that money was coming in, but a lot of times they were spending just as much as they were making. Yeah. I mean, I always did this with my, with my own team before. I mean, it's like, save your first tip of the day, put it in an envelope, put that away. I mean, a lot of my team would, I had a safe at the salon, so they'd all write their name on their tip envelope. You know, we had them at the front desk and at the end of the day, they just throw me their tip envelopes and I'd put them in the safe and then they'd come up and say, can I have all my little envelopes out of the safe, please? And they'd be like, great. That's my Christmas shopping. That's my vacation. So I was always into the money thing and the saving money. I wasn't necessarily making it or taking it out of my company, but I was always into the money thing and the organization of it. Okay. So tell us how you created the Freedom Tribe, because I know that's your group that you work with. And you also have a Facebook group. Um, is that the Badass Beauty Business Babes Facebook mm-hmm. group that you have? Yep. So tell us about the community that's in there and what you guys work okay. on in there. So the Badass Beauty Babes is a Facebook group page geared towards the business side of our industry. I know that there's a lot of different sites that talk about hair questions or formulation or, um, yeah, there's so many things about techniques. And I said, I wanted to create an environment that it was really just geared towards the business side of our industry. So questions on or um, new hiring orientation to finances, to communication, to leadership skills and things. And this is kind of what Freedom Tribe is too. This is a monthly, twice a month call that we do with a group of women and we get on and one of the one of the sessions I do a focus session where I teach them something, usually technology, because I like technology and it's another shortcoming in our industry. People say, Oh my God, I don't know how to I don't know how to open my Google Drive. I don't know how to add a line. So I do something for a focus session geared around technology usually or finance. And then I have a speaker come on once a month too to share their insight. So like an example is I had a lawyer on to talk about how to create your will and what it what it looks like to create a will because there's so many people that have children and have never even taken this step to protect themselves and their, and their families. Uh, financial advisors yeah. talking about retirement accounts and how to utilize the best way, the retirement account and things like this. 
Amazing. That's so, I mean, it's so needed. And don't you think it should be something that's taught in beauty school? Like, I, I feel like if you're going to be put out into the world to be technically an entrepreneur, you should be taught this basic skill set of knowing how to do this stuff. Oh, well, that would just, be, that would just be amazing, wouldn't it? But it's kind of like our kids graduating from high school and not knowing how to balance a checkbook. Or, and it's not even like balance a checkbook because they do everything on their phone, but they don't even ever check in right. with it right? The system of checking in to see what's moving. I mean, my, I'm, I had my daughter doing my fierce financial sheets, her budget sheets every month. I can't say that she's still doing them, but it's a lesson for everybody to understand the flow of money. She was like, oh my gosh, mom, I spend so much at Chipotle. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I will never forget that. That is one of the reasons why I think I, I got divorced the first time is we ended up keeping things separate. And then finally, when we, the talk of merging money, I went through his checkbook and I said, do you know how much you spend at 7-Eleven every month? And he was like, I'm like, we could live in a very, very nice house instead of you living at 7-Eleven. And he was blown away. Two people just don't pay attention to where they're dropping five bucks, 10 bucks there on the daily. Um, okay. So we are probably in good company with people who might be in some sort of debt, whether it's student loan debt, whether it's, you know, a car debt, a home debt, or just straight up, I was a dumbass and I'm in debt over some, some things that I shouldn't be. What are the first steps people can take to get themselves out of debt? Because I know that's one of those um, really heavy subjects that we sometimes want to avoid, but it's something that you can't because a lot of times your debt's incurring interest and it's just sitting there waiting to eat you alive. So to organize your debt, so debt is anything that you have that you're either making a payment plan or you're anything that you're paying interest on or you've made an agreement to pay back in a certain period of time. So to me, the best way to pay off debt, I'm just going to give it right to them because I think it's if they can take this away and get organized, that's awesome, right? List out all your debt first. So you want to list out the name of the company. You want to list out your original balance that you took on in the beginning of your of your debt for them. You want to list out the percentage of interest that you're paying, your payment date, how many payments you have left, and then you want to call each company and say if I paid this off today, what would the balance what would my total be? So you get all of this information on one sheet. It's not something that you want to go from one week to the next week or you forget everything that you worked on. It's like just sit down. It takes like 30 minutes, just go in, go dive and and figure it out, right? So you list all this in order, and then you pick one of two ways that is your comfort level. So you can do it two different ways. You can either take your least amount of money that you owe on something. Maybe you owe $100 on something and $5,000 on the other, and you can work from this towards your $5,000. So as you pay off your $100, that actually goes on to your next month to add that $100 plus whatever you were going to pay on to your next one. And it keeps accruing and going up until you get to that monster one. But by the time you get to the monster one, you've also included all these ones that are below. This is not my preferred choice, but this is if somebody needs like that instant gratification because they're like, done, done, done. They do that one. For me, what makes sense from a financial standpoint is you list them all out and in order and you pay off the highest interest first, making minimum payments on all the rest of them and putting everything that you can into that one that's the highest interest. Also researching, obviously, if you can do some kind of debt consolidation, pull them all into one account and you're just making one master payment, but you have to read the fine print. How much are they charging you to take on that? What is the point system for that? How are they making their money on the back end? So it's some research, but living debt-free is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, think about every month 
not owing money except for the things that you actually utilize that month. So like no cell phone, you know, we go in and we put our cell phones on our cell plans, you know, instead of just paying our mm -hmm. cell phone bill, we're also putting on our payment plan for our phone. Like just get rid of all that stuff. <laughs> you know, why live like that? Yeah. No, it can be heavy. And I think that's just what people become accustomed to and having different various debts are pretty normal for people, especially <clears throat> a car debt or some sort of balance mm -hmm. on a credit card, because maybe you were told that's how you build your credit. I know, you know, my previous relationship I was in, that was the idea that he had was to keep this balance on his credit card. But unfortunately, not being savvy with making the payments before the interest rate rolled through, I'm like, you're that's, you're paying to have good credit when you don't need that right now. So there are far other ways that you can get good credit besides paying interest on a credit card that you don't need. You can get outstanding credit, even if you don't, if you never carry a balance on your credit card, but you're paying your credit card off three days before it's actually due, your credit score goes up 10 to 15 points a month. And that's paying it in full. I never pay interest. I do my spreadsheets at the end of the year. And if I see interest on there, I'm like, how did I miss that due date? Like, where was I? Where was I traveling? What did I do? Well, and you see people occur, you know, get so many points on their credit cards or they use a lot for travel. And it's like, that's when it makes sense is if you can use the system for the ways that it's meant to be. Um, I mean, obviously yeah. they've created the system for people who miss those payments and who have to pay the interest. That's why they have so much money to be able to do those things. But okay. So we've talked about paying off debt. You also talk a lot about <clears throat> creating that vault. So all of your critical information is in one place. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, yeah, 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 I'll get to that when I get to that. But maybe you're 5, 10, 15 years into your career, you have kids now, or you have things that, you know, are of importance and you don't know where everything is. This was something that I was reading over and I'm like, that's so important. And I too, I, I don't have all my stuff together. Like, like you, like you talk about. So what is something that someone can do to put all that critical information in one place? Oh, I think anything that we hold ourselves accountable for, you know, if we're writing something down, whether it's in the computer or writing it down on paper, setting goals is, is huge. I always sit down when I'm doing any kind of project. I get the big like Ikea roll of like art paper that the kids use and roll it on the table. And you just really think about what you're trying to achieve and how to get there and then breaking it down to this most micro step that it's not overwhelming anymore. And, and, and this has helped me for, you know, 35 years in my career is just really kind of figuring out what I want. I travel probably six to seven months out of the year. I'm out of my house. I live in Ibiza, Spain. When I sold my business, I, I moved to Spain and I'm still traveling all over the place using credit card miles. I have no debt, you know, things like this. And this is because it's, it's facilitated this way. It's intentional and being intentional around your money is really important. That sounds amazing. Okay. So how does one dictate what they need to set aside for retirement given they could be at any stage in their career, any age, I guess right now. Um, let's just say that someone's just maybe coming out of those, you know, years of debt and now they're focused on creating retirement and a plan for them to exit and be able to maybe do what you're doing or step into coaching or step into some sort of next phase of their life, whether it's full retirement or moving into a different area. How does somebody figure out what they need? Is that same as working backwards, like reverse engineer? How are we How are we to know what we're supposed yeah, to say? Yeah, this for? is really funny because I, literally today as I'm getting ready, I, I love my financial advisor. He's, he's, he's fantastic. He was always like, I'm not taking your money. Reinvest in yourself. Do your own business. You're going to make more in profit investing in yourself than in the stock market. So I really have a lot of trust with him. And I'm thinking... You know, I remember this conversation with him about the formula for what you need to retire, right? 
to live mm-hmm. in the same, yeah. you know, I think some of that depends on how you want to live when you retire, where you want to live when you retire and some of your needs. So I don't have a, I don't have a straight up answer for that. I, I know like my comfort level, I want to have 1.5 to $2 million in the bank minimum. This is a huge priority for me because I know the lifestyle that I want to live. So if you're taking what you're living on now and what your comfort level was, Mm -hmm. if you weren't having any debt and you're multiplying that by 20 years, 30 years, you could live. This is how I would reverse engineer that, you know, but you give up a lot when you retire too. And life can be really simple. We don't need as much as we think we need. You know, this is part of it as well. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think when we pull back all those numbers of what it costs to even run our business, like you were saying, and you streamline things. uh, Yeah, I think those are really important things to talk about and to think about with your family. And I just love, you know, getting super organized and putting everything where it needs to be so that you can really pay attention to it, right? Because if you don't pay attention to your money, it's not going to pay you back. So um, I love that he also, your financial advisor, advise you to invest more in yourself versus like the stock market, because I found that to be true for myself and other successful entrepreneurs. Reinvesting in yourself is going to expand your business 10x in ways that stock market type of work can't do. So I love all of these tips. I hope you guys listening to this episode and got some good nuggets of information. If you love this, please share it on social media, tag Donna and myself and let us know what your takeaways are and what you're going to start implementing to make sure a maybe you get out of debt or you start really focusing on saving for those big expenses coming your way in the future, whether it's opening a salon or retiring. So they're all really good takeaways. Sit down, do the work. It sounds like it's not going to take you too much time, but it's something you really, really, really want to pay attention to. And if you need more structure and help around that, Donna's got you. She's got a couple programs that will help get your shit in order, squared away, no bullshit. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we really need that accountability to help us pay attention to the things that either overwhelm us or just really intimidate us. I think a lot of people are intimidated by a lot of this and they don't want to admit it. So I will admit that for years I was intimidated and I loved to just pretend like it would just handle itself. And guess what? It doesn't and it didn't. And through many, many financial mistakes, um, buying things I couldn't afford like houses or cars or things I thought I needed, you know, you really can get yourself into some fucking trouble. So if you guys are stuck and you're needing that structure and support, reach out to Donna, um, and, and just sign up for one of the programs because investing in yourself in this way is going to pay you back guaranteed, like guaranteed from your damn self. So Donna, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the podcast today. It was awesome chatting with you, getting to talk about things, like I said, that I avoid sometimes from time to time. But moving into 2023, we want to be on top of all of our shit and make sure that we know where our money's going and how much you even need to be working. Cause maybe you're working more than you need to. If you could just figure out your numbers, you might be able to travel like she is too. That was one of the key things for me that I realized I didn't have to work as much as I was. If I really just pulled back what was important and what needed to actually get paid and not. So it helped me take evenings off and Saturdays off. So that was a huge game changer for me that allowed me to do other things like podcasting and getting into coaching and just diversify how I spend my time and how I make money because being stuck behind the chair started to be one of those things that I was resentful of versus looking forward to. And now I can podcast from anywhere. I can do the coaching from anywhere, just like you. So I think that's the dream for a lot of people in our industry uh, is what would the possibility be like if I wasn't stuck to a location? So just things we love to chat about and talk about. I know you love to talk about that stuff too. So you guys reach out to Donna, um, share this on social media. If it, if it resonated with you or send it to someone, you know, who could use some 
little gentle nudges of getting their shit in order too. So we'll see you guys on the next episode of the podcast. And uh, yeah, reach out to one of us. Tell us what you thought. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to more people. So until next time, be you unapologetically.